All right, welcome back. So there's a website called Ukraine Today. Ukraine Today seems very critical uh, of the Ukrainian government, very uh, friendly toward the Russian government. Uh, Vladimir Botarenko is apparently uh, someone who, who writes for Ukraine Today, said to be a blogger from Kyiv. Uh, there's also uh, someone by the name of uh, Irina Karamova from Kharkiv, who is uh, editor-in-chief of this website. As NBC News uh, revealed this week, these people don't actually exist. Uh, their faces are, were uh, AI-generated. This is all a Russian troll farm operation, which speaks to the extent to which uh, Russia has tried to use the information warfare approach in this uh, conflict with Ukraine. And it puts big tech right at the center of this. So over the weekend, Facebook and Twitter uh, said they removed some anti-Ukrainian covert influence operations. One was tied to Russia. Another had connections to Belarus. Uh, further to that, uh, Facebook, or Meta anyway, the company that owns uh, Facebook and Instagram, announced this week they're going to restrict access to Russian state media in Europe, like RT and, and Sputnik. Uh, Google's doing, uh, doing the same thing uh, with regard to YouTube. Now, what's interesting, though, is that obviously these companies still want Russian users. They, they don't want to be banned from the country. But I, I think and certainly, you know, given the lessons of, of recent years, they don't want to be platforms for this kind of propaganda. So they're trying to walk a bit of a fine line here. Are they finding the right balance? Well, joining us to talk more about uh, that side of the equation, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, here this morning, Katie Harbath, who's a former director of public policy at Facebook, he is founder and CEO of Anchor Change and uh, is director of technology and democracy with the International Republican Institute. Katie, so great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I mean, it's a sign of our times, definitely, that we see big tech caught in the middle of this uh, international conflict. But what, what is the dilemma? What are the challenges you see facing companies like, like Meta, Twitter, Google as well? You know, as you said, they're really trying to uh, do a, a delicate dance right now where they do want to stay up in the country. Um, they're hearing that from Russian activists, from governments, because these tools are some of the only ones that opposition voices have that are not controlled by the Russian government. But they are wanting to take steps to make sure Russian propaganda is not being uh, spread on those platforms. So you, you are seeing them take some of these measures against entities like Russia Today and Sputnik. But they're trying to not go so far that uh, Putin actually pulls the plug completely on these in the, in the country. We are seeing, though, as um, this uh, invasion does not go the way that, that Putin wants to, and he's clearly starting to lose the information war as well, he is ratcheting up threats around actually to actually ban some of these platforms. So that's sort of what I'm watching right now. Yeah. Well, and I mentioned, you know, the report from the weekend that Facebook and Twitter took down what they call these covert operations, covert influence operations. So what is the, the level at which, you know, these companies are, are prompted to act and, and to remove, uh, you know, either accounts or various accounts? What, what prompts them to do so? I mean, a lot of this, this is, these are a lot of efforts that these companies have been building up since after the 2016 election, you know, and seeing the Russian involvement in the U.S. election and, and things like Brexit and, and others. And so they have built up these capabilities a lot over time. And this is not the type of behavior that they want to see um, on their platforms. And so I believe, you know, these are sort of sort of an unprecedented time in terms of what they're facing but they know that the consequences can be very dire 
um, if they don't act. And so that's why I think you're seeing them mobilize really quickly um, to try to find those types of networks and take them down. How good are they at at rooting all of this out? I mean, you know, these are pretty sophisticated companies, uh, you know, and, and I think obviously, they, you know, they, they, they try to understand as best they can how their platforms are being used or misused. But how good are they at staying a step ahead of this? It's very much a cat and mouse game because, you know, as they find and try to close off one avenue for these bad actors, the bad actors tend to find another one. You know, the networks you were talking about, the AI-generated accounts, Some of those are ones they've been building up for the last five or ten years, the Russians have. And, you know, you take one set down, they have more in in waiting um, that they are trying to that they're trying to do. Um, You know, the people that are working at these companies, I work with them. They're some of the smartest people. They're working in coordination with civil society groups like the Atlantic Council's DFR lab with the governments to try and find these these networks. But it's going to always be an ongoing um, situation um, and, and difficulty of trying to root these out as bad actors continue to also get more sophisticated. Is there a lot of pressure from, from Western governments that, that's prompting some of this action, or is it more about from these companies just you know, protecting their own reputations, protecting the integrity of their platforms? It's a little bit of both, and I think one of the things that you are seeing, particularly in this situation with Ukraine, is that it is helpful that the governments are taking actions themselves, such as the sanctions, which helps to give some direction to the tech companies about what they should be doing. I think this is the sort of symbiotic relationship that you would ideally like to see between governments and tech platforms in dealing with these types of crises. And this is the new reality, isn't it? I mean, you know, this isn't going away. Social media is not going away. Big tech isn't going away. So when we have these kinds of uh, international conflict, geopolitical strife, you know, these platforms are, are going to be at the center of it, aren't they? They are. You know, we've been seeing them at the center of it for the last, you know, five, six, even before that, you know, the Arab Spring in 2011 was yeah. a major moment as well. And so, again, what we just keep seeing, though, is a bit of an evolution of how we expect these tech platforms to act, um, the type of resources we expect them to put into this, and frankly, you know, how we expect them to take sides and be really trying to be a part of um, preserving democracy. Well, and there is that upside to it, right? It's not just the, you know, the concern. It's not just the concern about disinformation or how these platforms are being misused. You know, in these situations, there can be real opportunities here in, in helping people stay informed or, or giving a voice to those who want to speak out. For example, if Russians, you know, want, want to voice their opinions on what's happening. So there can be some real upside to, to this sort of technology, too. Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of what you're seeing, particularly in this um, in what is happening. You know, some of the numbers that we are seeing starting on February 24th, the tide was starting to turn against the content that Russia was trying to put out there. We are seeing more engagement, uh, more reach for Western media and counter, um, you know, information that's countering what the Russians are putting out there. And so they're not getting the reach um, that, you know, they're not dominating in this space right now. And I think what we've seen is between the U.S. government being very transparent in the lead up to this, but also just the mobilization of so many different organizations and people and seeing the content that's happening on the ground, having the Ukrainians take right to social media to share what is happening um, has really all been um, crucial to kind of fighting what Russia was trying to push out there about why they were doing this. 
Really interesting. We'll leave it there. Katie, thanks for your input on this. Appreciate you making some time for us here today. Thank you so much. All the best. Uh, that is Katie Harbath, former director of public uh, policy at Facebook.